Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Human Becoming, a podcast about healing, awakening to the experience that is ourselves, how to be in good relation to others, and the journey of human becoming. I am your host, Umi, and I am delighted to be here with you today. Wherever you are in the world, in time, take a big, deep, long breath and let it out. (sighs) Allow yourself to root more firmly in place, to notice the world around you, to notice your breath and the sensations that you are experiencing in your body. Breathe into it all. Allow yourself to be in the world. A very kind and loved listener recently told me how much they appreciate the pauses that I have throughout every podcast episode and asked if they were intentional or not. They are absolutely intentional. My hope is that in each pause, you will do this process. Breathe in. Notice the sensations in your body. Notice what emotions and thoughts are coming up for you. Meet them with love reground and connect to the earth and breathe out reconnecting with me with yourself and with the journey allow yourself to be here in this moment and to be here in your body it carries so much wisdom and so many stories the stories that make up your life and all the lives that have made yours possible and that brings us to today's episode Today, we will be speaking about the ancestors, my relationship with them, ancestral trauma and healing, and I'll also be releasing two episodes for you to listen to today, one which will be the expected narrative telling of what, when, how, why, and another which will be an embodied practice that I will lead you through to connect you to your ancestors, their pains, their joys, their gifts, and their blessings. Now, On this beautiful Sunday, or whatever day you listen to this podcast on, let's breathe together, laugh together, cry together, learn together, and become human together. Let's begin. I'm going to start this episode with a check-in. It's a beautiful day. I woke up this morning and spent time dancing, reveling in my embodiment, drank a cup of tea, and sat down to record this episode. On a personal note, I'm also working through a fair amount of shame at the moment, and this podcast has been a lovely experience for me to unpack that. My shame gremlins start working overtime whenever I share myself with the world through a project, a paper, an idea, and this is true for many of us. Shame tells us that we are not good enough, that we are not worthy, that our contributions don't matter, and that to avoid embarrassment, we should simply make ourselves so small that we could shrink or float away, even all the way out of our own lives. (laughs) Shame is a very interesting and very human emotion, and I'm grateful to be rumbling around in mine at the moment and finding out what makes my shame tick. How are you doing? How is your body doing? I hope you're able to check in with yourself, your emotions, your thoughts, your bodily sensations, maybe even your shame, and just experience them. If it hasn't become clear, I'm emphasizing getting into your body. 
And you might think, what does that have to do with the ancestors? Well, everything. Before I started my ancestral journey, I thought the ancestors lived in a region above us, floating around and maybe stopping by every once in a while to offer a blessing, some wisdom, or some guidance. Now I feel that they live in us. Our bodies are an altar, a site of connection for ancestral contact. Our ancestors live in us. They experience joy through us, with us. They experience the ecstasy of movement as we dance and sing and celebrate life. They experience our grief, and very often we experience theirs. Your body is a sacred space of connection, allowing you to touch the world and the world to touch you. Give thanks to your body and know that anything that I might say in this episode, any insights that I might offer, already exist inside your body. Your body holds the knowledge of the world. You are made up of elements of the earth that have been recycled and reused for over three billion years. All matter, atoms, molecules of hydrogen, carbon, and iron of which we are made were once in trees, rocks, oceans, dinosaurs, or in one of your ancestors. Know that all that you are came from the earth. Earth is very literally our mother who gave birth to us and all life. She is our oldest ancestor, and you are her. She is you. She is us. We are all each other. <laughs> and we all hold the wisdom of over three billion years of evolution. Your body holds that wisdom. Waking up to that is one of the most beautiful human experiences which will leave you completely undone. I'd like to end this section before I move on to the next by thanking my ancestors. Without them, this offering would not be possible. I thank them deeply and greatly for their love, their blessings, for how they show up in my life. I thank our oldest ancestors, the ocean and the land. I thank them for their knowledge and their healing and their holding of us every single day. May we all give thanks to these wise ancestors. If you haven't listened to episode two of the podcast, this would be a good time to pause the podcast, catch up on that episode, and rejoin me here. I speak about my ancestors in that episode as well, but by now I hope you know that this is one big story. Every piece of the story that I offer to you weaves into another in some beautiful way. I want us to have a shared story vocabulary so that we're building in our knowledge and understanding of the greater story together. So that means sometimes I'll reference a story that I've told, an experience that we now share, and because of that I won't go into the detail that I would have the first time. But this way... We build together. This story has already begun. You know how I began the journey, how I started consulting with the Sangoma to learn about my ancestors and build a connection with them. You also know another piece of the story, which is how psilocybin helped me to grow this connection. This story, then, will start as an ode to the Selepe lineage, 
my paternal grandmother's lineage, and the story of how I connected with them and what that has taught me about myself, about my body, and about the world. Kinatumi wahaselepe lemoloto, selepe bachwang skurhasek lemoloto bachwangolechi. My name is Tumi of the Selepes. My grandmother was a Selepe, a pedi name that means axe. I never met my grandmother. She passed away in 1994, four years before I was born. As you now know, I also didn't grow up with my paternal family. My mom would tell me stories about my grandfather, but no one ever spoke of my grandmother. Pizzi Rosina Selepe, and then Pizzi Rosina Moloto, when she married my grandfather. In July of this year, I registered for an ancestral lineage healing class. Before the pandemic started, I had consulted with the Sangoma, and there was some work that we needed to do to bring healing to my relationship with my ancestors. I was dismayed when we went into lockdown because I knew this work wouldn't be possible. So when I saw this course, I thought it might be a good way to check in with the ancestors, or the underground gang as we call them. <laughs> One of the first things we had to do in the course was to choose a lineage to work with. Going in, I'd been pretty clear. My sense was that my most important lineage was my father's, and specifically, his father's lineage, the Moloto lineage. Now, this is a pretty common phenomenon, There is so much emphasis in South Africa and in many other places on the father's lineage. And often when we speak about ancestors, we don't honor that we actually all have four lineages that we're able to work with. Both of our parents have two lineages, their parents, and so we have four. For me, my mother's mother, my mother's father, my father's father, and my father's mother— In the first class, we were led through an embodied practice where we looked at all four lineages. We looked at their relative wellness and chose who we felt called to work with. For some, at that point I thought bizarre reason, I felt called to work with the Selepe lineage. I was confused by this because I knew absolutely nothing about them. I didn't have a living relationship with any members of the Selepe lineage, but I couldn't deny that my inner voice was undoubtedly telling me to work with them. When the exercise was over, I sat and contemplated on the matter and talked to my family about it. At the time, I thought, this doesn't even make sense. You won't get anywhere in this process because you won't be able to connect with the people you don't know. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> and I'm so glad, as per usual, that I listened to that inner voice. Part of why I was curious about this lineage is that for as long as I can remember, I've had psychics tell me that I carry my grandmother's anger. This first happened when I was about seven or eight. I went to an energy healer for much of my youth. Her name is Lee. <laughs> as the universe would have it, she came into my life as a caretaker, but when she answered her call to become a healer, she gifted me with so, so much healing and so many healing sessions throughout my life. In one particular session, I remember her telling me that I hold my grandmother's anger. I didn't understand this at the time, but we did a practice to pass that anger back to my grandmother so that I didn't have to hold it anymore. 
After my hospitalization, I visited another energy healer and she remarked that I was carrying a lot of my grandmother's anger. So when I was consumed by rage and anger for months, I did have a feeling that it might have something to do with my grandmother. And so I committed to working with this lineage. The process of getting to know all the grandmothers of my lineage has been fascinating, heartbreaking, painful, liberating, and so much more. I can't quite put into words how meaningful this process has been for me and how many wounds it has allowed me to heal. As I've said in a previous podcast episode, getting to know your ancestors is like getting to know any enfleshed person. It's getting to know someone and building a relationship with them. An altar is the first step you should take in creating an ancestral practice. With time, it feels comfortable to be cognizant of your ancestors in your body, but the ancestors need a place to connect with you. And having a physical altar allows them to have their own space to show up instead of you feeling that pressure in your body. In starting this process of connection, I set up my altar and I presented offerings to my ancestors every day. I spoke to them, I got curious about them, and I connected to them through meditations and prayers. I want to honor the anxiety that this process can bring up for many of us. We live in a world that focuses so much on the head, on our thoughts, and leaves little space for feeling, for full embodiment, and for experiencing the undeniable magic of life. So, it can be hard when we're so stuck in being head humans to feel like we're connecting to our ancestors. We don't know what that connection would feel like, or when we feel it, it scares us. But so much of this first part of the journey is learning to feel and not think. Learning to be embodied so that you can feel ancestral contact, so that you can start to feel the physical sensations of connecting to your ancestors and what that contact brings up for you. For me, I feel a lightness in my body. Sometimes I feel a tingle or pins and needles sensation all over my skin. Sometimes it's the way the world looks when I open my eyes. But for you, it might be that you feel a breeze across some part of your body. It might be a warmth. It might be something different altogether. Some people might be particularly gifted in seeing or hearing their ancestors. Our bodies are so unique and so different. So if you're beginning this journey, get embodied. <laughs> Get to know your body and its sensations so that you can really start to drop in and notice how your body feels in moments of ancestral contact. As I started to get curious about this lineage, a lot of things just naturally followed suit. I decided to start taking Superdi lessons to connect to my lineage more deeply, and I found that the more I learned and embodied the language, the more connected to them I felt and the more they showed up in a very physical way. I started to connect with my dad more too because I had questions that I wanted to ask about my grandmother, about her life, and for the first time in my life, I actually felt curious about my family, about where I come from. My abandonment wound had been so deep 
and so encompassing that I had shut down any part of me that was curious about my heritage. I hadn't even allowed myself to feel curiosity to ask questions because I felt it would be too painful and it would open the wound right up. So for the first 21 years of my life, I didn't even think about my family. The human brain is amazing and it will do incredible things to protect us and keep us safe. My brain knew that asking those questions, feeling that curiosity, wouldn't be a safe thing for me to do. And that's where, sometimes, with the utmost love, we have to meet the brain where it is and thank it for its incredible work in keeping us safe, while acknowledging that we are safe enough to do those things that terrify us. I actually hadn't seen a picture of my grandmother in my entire life. My brain had just created a blanket over certain areas of my life and said, do not touch, do not go there. So it wasn't even an active process. I just wasn't curious. But now I was. I learned about my grandmother, about her parents, about her life, her pains and heartbreaks and loves. Ooh, we're already getting teary. <laughs> that in and of itself was a healing process so deep and so profound that I don't have the words to express it. It also meant that I could be curious about where I come from. For the first time in my life, I could ask my dad about his life, his experiences that have shaped him, his childhood, his experience in exile, his wounds, and I could see him as his own person. I was getting to know my dad for the first time in my life, when for the longest time I'd resolved to let him die, not go to his funeral, and feel relief that he was gone so that I didn't have to carry that burden anymore. But that's the thing. My dad dying wouldn't have eased that burden. The abandonment wound has grown and festered so much that my dad is inconsequential in the big picture because it's my burden now, from my mind and of my making. And so choosing forgiveness, choosing love and choosing connection, choosing to honor the curiosities that I have instead of shutting them down is shameful. Hello again, shame. Shutting them down is, you're weak. How could you forgive this man? You spent your whole childhood vowing that you would never speak to him again just to give up now. <laughs> I had to look at that shame and love that shame. But stepping into that process meant loving and accepting a huge part of myself, of who I am. I'd resolved to let my father die and let myself die with all these questions unanswered, because I thought the pain of them would be too great. It's only with the support of my ancestors that I could muster up the strength and the courage and the unbelievable vulnerability it took to open and face and love that wound to healing. This has been a huge lesson for me. So often, healing our relationship with our ancestors and healing the relationships between ancestors heals our relationships with ourselves and with the enfleshed beings that we cohabit space and life with. Many of us don't realize the ancestral burdens that we're carrying. 
We don't honor how our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, our experiences are not simply our own. There is so much to be said about inherited ancestral trauma and so little time. But if there's one thing I can tell you today, it is this. You carry your ancestors' traumas. You carry their wounds and you carry their pain. You carry their grief. You also carry their love and their gifts and their blessings. Healing these wounds for our lineages heals them for ourselves and for all the other living members of the lineage. This is big and important work that I would argue we all need to embark on. There is no one in this world who is not impacted by their ancestors. There is no one, unless they have done the healing work, that doesn't carry the wounds of their ancestors. And when we're not cognizant of this or how they affect us, I like to say, the process does us, we don't do the process. <laughs> and we want to do the process. We look at, face, and heal those burdens, or they keep on playing themselves out in our lives and eventually in our children and grandchildren's lives. Addiction, depression, anxiety, these can all be understood through an ancestral lens. And everyone has ancestors. I remember meeting with the Sangoma and she was talking about how my mother's lineages and my father's lineages were overjoyed when the two families were connected and that those ancestors got along very well. I remember my shock. <laughs> At the time, I internally noted, white people have ancestors? <laughs> and after listening to this podcast and everything I've said, you might say, duh, but in South Africa, we rarely, if ever, talk about ancestors in relation to white folk. But here's the thing. Everyone has ancestors, and I personally believe that ancestral lineage healing is vitally important for white folk. White people distance themselves so much from their ancestors. We've all heard a white person say, I am not my ancestors, or you can't blame me for colonization, apartheid, etc. Those are my ancestors. <laughs> I would probably laugh if I heard this said in public and scream, you quite literally are your ancestors. <laughs> From the white people that I've seen do this work, I've seen that connecting to their ancestors has made them more cognizant of systems of oppression, of the harm and the violence and the genocide that their ancestors created, and often has led to a process of reparations where their ancestors tell them how they'd like to distribute the resources that they unjustly hoarded. And this is the first step towards healing our world from the disease of whiteness. Until white people can rumble with the violence and harm that their ancestors have created, they won't be able to rumble with this world and start the work of dismantling these systems. This rant is all to say... Everyone has ancestors, and everyone needs to get to know these ancestors to heal for and with these ancestors. It is a vital step in becoming human. I remember meeting my grandmother in spirit for the first time. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> and the loving embrace that we shared. I remember the tears, oh, so many tears, as she held me and we spent that moment in decolonial time together. This journey has really taught me a lot about time and how decolonizing our understanding of time allows us to embrace and be in the world and in connection with others in a way that we did not think was possible. 
Spending moments with my grandmother and all my grandmothers of the Celebre lineage has been profoundly healing. The one thing that this lineage and myself needed to heal from the most was our anger. Working with this lineage deepened and healed my relationship with my anger in a way that I didn't think was possible. I will do a whole episode on anger because I think it is a vitally important emotion that is too often neglected. But for the first time working with this lineage, I could feel how much of my anger was carried. I could see it in my grandmother's life and in her mother's and her grandmother's. And when I started spending time with this anger, I realized that so much of it came from being powerless. Oh, wow. <laughs> from being displaced from land and from position and from the resentment that builds. The anger was holding so much pain, so much grief. When I was able to get past the anger at the edge of the bubble and make my way towards the center, I could see every part of the anger. I grieved so, so, so much at this stage of my lineage healing process, and I still do. I grieved and grieve for my grandmothers who couldn't grieve. I grieved for the ways that colonization changed the lineage forever. I grieved for all the knowledge and the wisdom that was lost and stolen from us. Whew, okay. <laughs> and I held my grandmothers in their grief. I held them in their pain and in their sorrow. And we experience these immense moments of mourning, of grieving, of letting go. I grieved the ways that colonization had affected the family structure, how it had affected interpersonal relationships, and I grieved how that affected every generation of people along this lineage, including me. <sighs> We rarely give ourselves the time and the space to grieve the wounds and the pain of colonization. Humans have a very strange sense of history <laughs> and time that often leads us to think that because we are not experiencing something right now in this moment, it is inconsequential to us. But for those who feel the wounds of colonization most deeply, we are experiencing it right now. <laughs> We are constantly experiencing the wounds, the burdens, and the violence of colonization. It is an ongoing process, and it never ended. Waking up in this world, as it is, is a constant reminder of the pain and the trauma and the violence that our people have faced. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Every day... Waking up connected to this earth, we are faced with the pain that she feels and holds for us all. For the violence done to her, through the violence of capitalism and colonialism. I think it's vitally important that we give ourselves more space to allow ourselves to feel that grief and to grieve for ourselves and for our parents and our great-grandparents to grieve for all that we will not know, and the wisdom of the elders that has been lost. But, in the most beautiful way, 
This process also teaches us to awaken to new wisdoms, to new ways of knowing, and to the knowledge that nothing is lost to us, that we carry those stories and those wisdoms in our blood, in our sinew, in our bones. In that way, this process has allowed me to get closer to that enormous grief while simultaneously offering me the medicine for it. I have tears streaming down my face now. (laughs) But we continue. Healing that anger, that grief, and that pain for the lineage helped me to heal so much of it within myself, and connecting to all of my ancestors, but especially the earth, has allowed me to realize that I don't hold any of that pain by myself. I was in Mahalisburg recently, also known as the Cradle of Humankind, which is an area in South Africa where some of the oldest human ancestors' remains have been found, some 3.5 million years old. It is an incredibly sacred place and incredibly sacred land, I was going on a psilocybin journey, and at one point in the journey, I felt this enormous pain. But when I connected with the earth, I knew that she was holding me in that, that she was holding my pain for me. And as I connected more deeply, I was able to breathe and inhale and stretch into that pain and experience it fully. As humans, we so often want to run from the emotions that we experience as unpleasant, and it is such a gift to simply be with them, to be held by all of our ancestors in those enormous feelings. For anyone interested in learning about the process of ancestral lineage healing, there are a ton of useful resources online, and also wonderful practitioners all over the world who are trained in this method and are able to help you heal those ancestral wounds. My process has been going on for about five months now, and it's only been in the past month that I've quote-unquote healed up the lineage. Essentially, in this process you are working with your oldest, wisest, and most well ancestors— These could be ancestors from thousands of years ago or more recent ancestors. The point is to look for where your lineage is well and healed and to find where the ancestors who aren't well are. Healing up the lineage looks like healing the older generations of ancestors so that they may offer their medicine to the most recent ancestors until all ancestors on the lineage have healed from their wounds. Now, my body is an altar for the ancestors, and we spend many moments in joy and in grief together. It is a beautiful journey, and I look forward to starting this work with my other lineages. This episode is exciting because I'm not entirely speaking of this process as a story with three acts that have come and gone. This is an ongoing process, a process of meeting and being seen by all of my ancestors, And I look forward to what will come up with my remaining lineages. My life has been healed and made anew and refreshed in so many ways because of this ancestral work that I've done. The ancestors have so much wisdom to offer us and to offer our world. 
In connecting with them, we connect with new ways of seeing, of knowing, of being, and they show us the infinite possibilities for what life could be when we embrace the truth of our humanity. That brings us to the end of today's very teary episode. <laughs> but for those of you who are interested in this work, I'm releasing a second but connected episode. It is an ancestral meeting practice, a meditation to experience your ancestors and to connect with them. I highly recommend this for everyone. It's not long, but it can be really profound. If you have some time now, or at another point this week, I would encourage you to take some time out, outside if possible, and connect. I hope that this gives you something to think about over the course of the week ahead, to think about your ancestors and relationship or lack thereof with them, to think about all the ancestors who have made your existence possible and the immensity of that process, of how many lives have been lived and are being lived through you and your body right now. I hope that you can continue to connect to your body, to connect to your breath, to move and dance and sing and feel alive, to celebrate your ancestors and their lives through yours. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to stay in the loop, hit the follow or subscribe button. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would love if you could leave a review. If you know of someone who would benefit from this podcast episode, send it their way. As always, I look forward to being here with you again next week. Until then, take care.